Endurance Horse Podcast. Every mile a memory. Where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Hello and welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast. I'm so glad you can join us. How was your holiday weekend? Mine was pretty laid back, um, and it was pretty wonderful, I have to say, because of my husband, Jim. He came home from work Thursday with a big bouquet of flowers, and what lady doesn't like that, right? He also made sure that he watched the kids for me a little bit, and they actually all hang outside so I could ride around a little on Thursday. And then Friday morning, he got up, cooked me breakfast, and said, I think you should go trail riding. Loaded up one of my good horses I haven't had out on the trails for a while. Her name is Grace. Took her out to the trails. She was amazing. And met up with my friend Tara, which you'll hear about her a little bit later on. We had a pretty fun ride, Tara and I, except she lost her glove. <laughs> and I decided instead of keep riding the same loop over together, I said, let's just split up and go look separately and we didn't find the glove it's still out there somewhere it's not in the truck it's not in the trailer we backtracked everywhere it's gone it's probably at our house but don't tell her husband because I think those were a gift from him so we don't want to get her in trouble uh let me see what else is new since I hadn't had Grace on the trails for a while she really surprised me she went up to every obstacle and Grace pretty much wanted to go try everyone out like she had not been out there in over a year maybe even longer than a year and she just wanted to show me that hey I remember this and I think you should bring me every time I mean she just was so eager to do everything out there and kind of felt like she was showing off to me even when we left Chara and Pilgrim she just was marching down the trail so confident and like yeah, I don't need that other horse I can do everything I don't know why you ever take those other horses mom you should always pick me in episode two we are going to hear from some new riders we're going to get a couple of updates we're even going to get our first ride reports and our friend from Canada is going to share a pretty cool Tavis memory uh, that she had I was so grateful that she sent that in I actually listened to it when Tara and I were on our way back from trail riding and we found ourselves giggling in the truck thinking, yeah, I could see us. <laughs> I could see that happening to us. Totally could see that happening to us. I also was able to talk to very young riders into sending in an audio file. And I hope you, you truly enjoy hearing from these little girls. They're amazing. So without further ado, I bring to you episode two of the Endurance Horse Podcast. Hello, Endurance Riders. This is Barry Cole from Northeast Kansas near Topeka. We're finally seeing a hint of spring and starting to get in some consistent conditioning rides. I've been an endurance rider sporadically since 1970. In June of that year, my mother saw a flyer at the feed store for a 50-mile race near St. Louis, Missouri, and she came home, told me I should enter with Evelina, my first course, a registered quarter horse, that I rode almost every day. Not knowing any better, I agreed, and we loaded Evelina in the back of our pickup truck with wooden stock racks, since we didn't have a trailer in those days, and put goggles on Evelina that looked a lot like a Madonna see-through bra, and headed for St. Louis the day before the race. Talk about a steep learning curve, I was as green as you could get. We did finish the race in sixth place, as I recall, but it was all we could do to get it done. I was hooked, but I could see it was not Evelina's cup of tea. She gave it all she had, and she would have done it again and again, but I would have never asked for it. We went back to cutting, which is what she was good at and enjoyed doing, and it was 17 years before I could do another endurance ride. But I followed the sport and the stories of Western Horseman magazine, which always covered Tevis, and many of the big West Coast rides, and in the old Trailblazer magazine. In 1987, I bought an Arabian gelding and started conditioning him. My Catan was a wonderful trail horse, but his heart wasn't into the work of endurance riding. In 1989, I bought Nicker from a lady in Washington. Nicker was an Arabian. He was an already accomplished endurance horse that met you at the gate ready to go every time. 
He's the standard by which I judge all endurance horses. He was my once-in-a-lifetime horse, I'm afraid. We had some great 50-mile rides, and then life got in the way, and I had to shove my endurance aspirations for another 19 years. In 2008, my second set of children rolled enough that I could try it again. Tevis was always on my radar. I bought a nine-year-old gelding, a $300 Craigslist horse, named PVA Raindancer, and started again. Gray, as I called him, as it always seems I like to ride gray horses, even though this gray was really chestnut. Gray and I had a couple of good years doing AERC rides preparing for Tevis, and we decided to head out in 2011 with a couple friends and give it a try. 2011 was the year that the ride was delayed due to the summer fires, and so the ride was held in October. Snow became the issue in October, so they had to reroute and run the ride starting from what was normally the finish line. We pulled at the first vet check with severe muscle cramp. We learned Gray needed a little calcium supplementation in his diet. Lesson learned, we never had that problem again, no, no harm, no foul. In 2012, Gray and I did a few spring rides, and then I tried Tevis on a new Gray mare, Hattie, an Anglo-Arab. My pacing was a little off, and we went over time at the midway point. In 2013, I was riding Hattie, and two friends were riding with us on horses of ours. Hattie and I pulled at the same spot, and so did Wendy on Gray. Nubira and Mickey, however, went on to finish their first hundred, for both of them, and earn their buckle. This Tevis thing I had was getting really tough. Two months later, Hattie and I won our first hundred ride and best condition in Michigan, and Gray came in second. In October, Hattie topped 10 the Central Region Championships in Oklahoma, and I thought maybe we were on to something. In 2014, we fought Thrush early on in the year, and in May, I trashed my left ankle. I mean, I really trashed it. So Tevis was out for me. But we had five other riders wanting to do Tevis on our horses. So I'd get to go out and crew. That's the next best thing to riding. Two weeks before the ride, Linda said, just go out and ride it, see how it goes. I headed out completely unprepared, half lame, and decided I would ride until they told me to stop. It was just going to be a trail ride for me. Wendy, who had been riding grade, decided to try it on her Super Morgan, Dusty. They are a super team. And so I got to ride gray. Woot, woot, Wendy and I both finished. I'm, <laughs> I wear this buckle every single day. In 2015 and 2016, I was starting new horses while still keeping the rest of the crew fit. In 2017, we didn't do a single ride while Linda was in nursing school. I have high hopes for 2018. We'll be doing rides this spring to get ready for Tevis at the end of July. We have a young lady, a foreign exchange student from Italy, that will be riding Nubira at Tevis with us. The point of this story was don't give up on your dreams of doing endurance. Life gets in the way. Sometimes stuff happens, but you can always go back to it. It's not easy. If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. If this 65-year-old man can do it, so can you. Linda, my wife, and the best crew and cheerleader I've ever met, we've had horses for almost 50 years, and we're riding for years before that. We try to give back to the sport by putting on rides and encouraging new riders to get started. We have around 20 horses, Arabians, Anglo-Arabs, Appaloosas, and a Willera, usually having three to five ready for 50 to 100 mile rides. Through our Team Purple on Facebook, we make horses available for riders to try Tevis and other rides. Riders pay their entry fee and part of the fuel, and we provide a fit, ready-to-go horse for free, along with a crew if it's needed on hundreds. We also offer ride swaps if riders from outside the U.S. would like to try Tavis or any other U.S. ride. And finally, we put on the Ozark Trail 75-100 endurance ride, a point-to-point -point ride like Tevis in the Mark Twain National Forest in Missouri. The 75-mile ride is offered as an elevator ride, meaning you enter the 75, and when you finish it, you can opt to elevate to the 100 for a completion, or you can stop at the 75 and receive your placing. I will say if you can finish the 100 or Ozark Trail that you're certainly ready for Tevis. Endurance gets in your blood. I love it because of the real partnership you develop with your horse. The solitude, the peace and quiet of riding a good horse through the woods and covering 50 or 100 miles is just the best therapy I've found. The folks of Endurance are just the best too. We try to have a campfire at the trailer before and after rides to drink a little wine, swap stories, tell lies. We've made some wonderful friends through endurance riding, and my best riding friends 
are my best friends. I'm lucky to have a wife that supports my endurance addiction. For many years, I didn't have that support, and it does make it more difficult. This year, I think I've got Linda ready to try some endurance rides herself. It's also fun when we get to put a face with the voices and folks we visit with on Facebook. If you see us out on the trail or if we can help you in any way, please feel free to holler at us. One last thing. As you're riding out there at rides or, or wherever, be sure to thank your ride managers and volunteers. They are the backbone of what keeps the rides going. And make sure to try and interact with folks you meet on the trail so we can all share the trails safely together. Safe travels to all, and I look forward to hearing your story. And thanks to Christina for providing this platform for us. Hi, my name is Victoria Clark, and I'm from Queensland, Australia. A couple of friends and I founded an endurance team called Marvel Endurance a couple of years ago. I've been riding since I was about five years old, starting out at a riding school like most horseless kids do. My parents held stakes in a few racehorses when I was a kid, and I think I got my love of horses from my dad. He um, spent a lot of time on a dairy farm when he was growing up after his dad died and his whole family immigrated from France. Um, the weather here in Queensland has been quite hot and wet lately. We're at the height of cyclone season, just like the Northern Hemisphere's monsoon season, I suppose. Our horses live on a, about 100 acres on a farm around the corner from my place and the road to get there is not sealed and very prone, prone to flooding and washouts. So my big red ute has been getting very dirty lately. <laughs> Unfortunately, the weather has made it quite tricky for us to train because of how boggy our tracks have been getting and the humidity has been crazy. So we've had to be really careful about how much we push the horses when we train. I have... 14 horses. Uh, most of them are endurance horses and some of them are dual purpose and I use them for lesson horses because I'm a riding coach. Uh, the majority of the horses are Arabs or part Arabs and I also have a couple of stock horses and thoroughbreds and a Connemara as well believe it or not. Um, my personal horse. <laughs> She's a 13-2 hand Arabian cross Connemara. Um, her name is Coda. I've had her since she was two, and I owned her mother's sister. Um, Coda's now eight, and she's an absolute cow, to put it nicely. Uh, she spooks like a fiend, and she's extremely hormonal, and if you and you never really know whether she's going to love up to you or if she's going to try to kill you. <laughs> but her saving grace is the fact that she is damn good at her job. She carried me over 800 kilometers with no vet outs in two years. So that's about 500 miles for everyone who's in America. <laughs> the last year we completed our first 100, kilom 100 mile ride. So 160 kilometers here. And about three weeks after that, we went out and did another 80 kilometer ride. Um, she's as tough as old boots. The vets think she is just great. And at the end of the state championships, when my friend trotted her out for me because I couldn't walk properly, she said she'd never run out such a fiery horse after the end of, the, of a hundred miler. And the ride organisers even gave her a special mention the next day at presentations because she was the smallest and feistiest horse at the ride. So <laughs> she certainly got a lot of attention, which she just loves, of course. Um, I came into endurance about six and a half years ago. I did my first 40-kilometer ride. I'd done a couple of really slow, scenic rides when I was a kid. My dad towed me and my horse out there, and um, it's about an hour and a half away from home. It's called the Kilkeven Great Horse Ride. It's an annual event, and about 400 people come together, and they ride through a couple of different trails that are about 25 to 30 kilometers, and at the end of the ride, everyone comes together at the edge of the town. The town's called Kilkeven. And um, there's a big parade through the main street. And I still remember my dad at the end of it, standing there at the finish line, asking me if my butt hurt. And I just smiled and said I was ready to go again if they'd let me. And then I think I remember taking off at a flat gallop across the paddock and running back toward him again <laughs> before we unsaddled and went back to the float. <laughs> I think he would have loved coming to endurance rides, but um, he passed away before I got into the sport. Uh, it was a little less than a year after he died in 2011. Um, my husband and I went on our first 
very first 40 kilometer ride and that's where the addiction started I suppose um within a couple of months I did my fo- my second 40 kilometer horse <laughs> second 40 kilometer ride with my own horse and about a month after that um my horse passed away he had colic um took about 16 hours of fighting and in the end we just couldn't save him so that was pretty devastating how it all happened and um it did take me a while to find my feet again and and move on it was about another year after Bart died that I tried endurance again with my new horse his name was Aston I've still got him um, but my sister rides him these days um I, I I took my time to try and find the love of it again it it was really hard moving on, losing your first horse and, and trying this new sport and not having them anymore. So it was a couple of years of just doing 40-kilometre rides before I felt brave enough to try longer distance again. Um, you can read about my journey and my, my team on our blog. You can find it at marvelendurance.wordpress.com. Um, I'm a really goal-oriented person so endurance fits really well with how I like to work with my horses. I've done a bit of everything from dressage to jumping to showing but endurance just really strikes a chord with me because of the attention on the horses and the focus on the health and care of the horses and it's it's really not like any other equestrian sport and I love that about it. Last year, I achieved my goal of doing my first 160-kilometer ride with my friend Adriana by my side. We've we've been through a lot together in our endurance journey with many, many kilometers side by side, and I couldn't ask for a better partner in crime. We both made it through in no small part to our amazing support crew, consisting of my husband, Spencer, and Adriana's dad, Gary, who are up at all hours taking care of the horses and helping us make it through the entire 17 and a half hour team effort. It wasn't just us. <laughs> it was two girls, two horses and two very persistent men who put up with a few tantrums and a few teeries and just kept getting us back on our horses and sending us back out again. Um... My goal for this season is to ride with my 14-year-old sister through her first 80-kilometre completion on her little Palomino pony, Mizzy. We've had Mizzy since he was two, and now he's six and a half. And I broke him in myself, and I started him in endurance, and he's halfway through his first logbook with no vet outs. So I'm pretty proud of that. He's a a little champion. Um, So I'm hoping that him, my sister, will have a really good season this year. My long-term goal is to complete the Tom Quilty Gold Cup with Adriana next year when it comes back to Queensland. Um, We're working really hard to make that happen and riding our horses really carefully to make sure that they have a good year in the lead-up and then they'll have a nice break before we start training training in earnest for next year. And At the moment, um, Adriana's horse is um, getting a bit of rehab. We're working on his hoof issue he's got a quarter crack at the moment so it's been a long road it's been almost a year since his last ride um but we're gonna keep on plugging away we're going to keep on enduring and hopefully by the time the quilty comes around we'll have him back so adriana will be able to ride and we'll be able to do it all together again um that's pretty much all that I can say right now so um stay tuned I've got a review of a ride that we went to just over the weekend so thanks everyone for listening bye hi it's Doris Wade again from Canada um when my friend Wendy and I decided to ride the Tavis ride in 2016 we thought we would try to ride together we we knew that the chances of us sticking together were remote, but we thought we would try our best and, and try as go as long as possible because, frankly, I really didn't want to ride it alone. I, I, I wasn't thinking top ten. I was just thinking finishing, and I wanted somebody to have that experience with. Uh, it just felt it would be more fun, and, and, and if I died, somebody would find the body. Anyway, we, um, we got going, and you know, it's it, when you've never ridden it before, it's super stressful, and and uh, so you know, we had stuff happen all the way along, 
Wendy's horse lost a shoe. She had to put the... And weirdly enough, we were right before Cougar Rock and somebody had uh, had something that she could pull the shoe. And we had packed boots, so she was able to pull put the boots on. And she'd had her saddle pad come come off. And it just, it had been, uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But we were going along and uh, we got into the first vet check at Red Star. And, oh my gosh, it was just pandemonium. There were people everywhere. It was crazy, crazy, crazy. There was people coming, going, you know, you didn't know where to go because you'd never done this before. And finally, okay, fine, my horse was down. So I go to do the vets and nope, she's not down. Okay, go back. So I sponge, sponge. I sort of lost track of Wendy and I thought, okay, good. Nope. Somebody else came along, said, no, she's fine. She's down. Great. So back up to the vet, I go, yeah, yeah, they're good. And, uh, and they said, well, trot, trot her out. And if you don't, if we don't call you back, you just keep going. And I thought, oh, okay. So fine. He's up, good, trot. Nobody says, yells anything at me. I get to the end. No Wendy. I can't see Wendy. Wendy's six feet tall. How can I not see her? I couldn't see her anywhere. And I'm calling and I'm yelling. So I said to the checkout lady, because they time you in, they time you out. I said, has number 121 gone through? And she said, yes. And I thought, how did I miss her? How did I miss her? I was watching for her. Why would she leave me behind? We agreed to ride together. I thought, what a rotten person. And then I thought, holy crap, I better get a move on. So off we go, and Tia's not really wanting to move, and she's taking her time, and I'm thinking, come on, Tia, we've got to catch up. Got to catch Wendy. So we're going down the road, and we're trotting, and we're cantering, and going along, and I'm thinking, why would she leave me behind? And then I remembered Wendy wasn't 121. She was 125 or something like that. And then I felt really stupid. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've left her behind. Now who's the not so nice person? So I just, I thought, well, and I hadn't seen her and I didn't know where she was. So I thought, oh crap, maybe she got pulled because of that shoe business. So I thought, well, I need to keep going. I need to get over to Robinson Flats. So I got into Robinson Flats and, and, I said, I saw her husband standing there, and I said, is Wendy in? And he goes, no. And I said, sorry, I've lost her. So we went to the vet check, got checked in, and there comes Wendy. What had happened was her horse saw my horse trot down the road, and she freaked out, and her pulse shot up. But I didn't realize she hadn't pulsed down yet. So Wendy said she saw me, Well, how and I didn't see her. I couldn't see her. I didn't see her. I was looking for her. And uh, she said she saw me. She saw me panicking, but she had to move Autumn away so Autumn couldn't see Tia. <laughs> After that, I made sure I knew exactly where Wendy was so that we could finish the ride together, and we did. That's one of my stories from Tevis, and it's the truth, and I'm sticking to it. My name is Tara Leroy, and I'm talking to you from my home in Wisconsin, and I'm here today with my daughter. Hi, I'm Bailey. I'm eight years old. I have a fat pony named Odie, and we are good friends, and he has been helping me learn how to ride. We have a lot of fun together. I taught him some fun tricks that made people laugh, and last summer, we did our first full season trail lighting together, and I loved it. I did my last 50-mile endurance ride when I was actually five months pregnant with my son. And he's now 12 years old. So to say that I'm a little rusty as I try to train and condition a new horse and attempt to start endurance riding again would not be an understatement. Last summer, I split my time on the trails between trying to condition and train my green Anglo-Arab mare enough to get her going into some LDs. And then I also spent time riding my old reliable pink gelding with my daughter and her pony. We did have a lot of fun, and my daughter got pretty confident on the trails last year, and her pony just loves going down the trail. I was able to get my Anglo mare entered into one local LD last summer, but unfortunately the day ended with me opting to pull her out of vet check. My hope this year is to get her to actually complete a few LDs, and I'm planning on having my daughter and her pony help her with her conditioning and confidence building. So Bailey, can you share what the vet said this week about your pony's body condition coming out of winter? He's too vet the vet said. He needs to do some endurance riding. 
So Mom said, we have to work that pony. And I hope to complete my first novice ride this year together with my mom. So we have to work, 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 because Mom's horse is also kind of fat. So apparently our goal is to work off the winter fat. Um, but I plan to have some fun sharing the trails together. It's so exciting for me to be trotting down the trail with my little girl and her trusted pony with the goal of completing a, an endurance ride together. But even if we don't complete an LD this year or next, we will be making lasting memories together while we prepare, and I cherish that. I can't wait to camp with my pony and meet new riders on the trails. By the way, if you see me in Odie, don't give him any treats, because he's on a diet. Hello everyone, my name is Keisha Wood. I am in the Southwest region and I am a green bean rider. My team is the Wind Riders, five of the greatest people on the planet, if you ask me. And um, I started um, endurance riding about two and a half years ago. I ended up getting a little horse a, a long time ago, a, a, a saddlebred a national show horse actually. She was half Arabian, half saddlebred and I didn't know much about horses at that time and I was that whole story of green and green makes black and blue. I got a little six month old baby and uh, raised her the bet to my the best of my ability like a dog <laughs> and uh, it didn't turn out so well so around uh, two years she had to go to a trainer and um, actually the trainer helped me train her instead of him doing it. And that, that worked out really good. But in all of my ignorance, I was able to take her everywhere. I didn't know horses were scared of anything. So I walked around the neighborhood. I took her jogging. I did everything. And she was my first endurance horse. And um, we did a couple limited distance rides. And um, she started having a little bit of trouble due to her confirmation and um in her uh tendon and um she healed back up great once we saw that it was starting to strain and um but i was told she wasn't going to be able to do um endurance and so it was such a bummer and i ended up getting this uh awesome mentor who happened to live right down the road from me i didn't even realize that she was an endurance mentor and um, a friend of mine said, hey, there's somebody in your area that um, I saw on the mentor list and we need to go meet her. So I emailed her, met her for coffee. Her name is Cressy Drummond and she's the best thing that could have ever happened to us. She helped me go find a new horse. Um, his name is C.R. Merlin's Magic. And um, of course we call him Merlin or Merman or um, Mer. <laughs> and... Um, he is, I've had him for about, this will be my second year, and I got him, he was seven years old. He had not been started. I actually didn't even get to touch him um, whenever I went to pick him out. I got him at this wonderful farm, CR Arabians, outside of Weatherford, Texas, and he was standing over to the side and just... I just knew he was mine. I, I um, had a vet come check him out and I took him home. I dropped him off at the trainer and 30 days later, well, actually it was 60 days. He had to get another 30 days, but I went to go visit him every day and um, I was able to take him right on trail um, and that was at McDaniel's stable. I had to put a plug in for them because they were amazing. And I, I did happen to have a, a few little incidents with him. Um, I, uh, it was all my fault, though, of course. I, um, I decided I wanted to race him. And um, whenever I first took him on trail, and he'd never been on trail before. So he dumped me really quick. But uh, we did a whole first year of LDs. Then we've started 50s. And he's doing great. Um, my favorite thing about his personality is he's so sweet. There is not a sweeter horse on this planet, I am telling you. Um, he just, he's great. He's nice to other horses. And um, he, he's just, he's just my love. And I, um, he's been doing 50s. I went with my friend who's also a fellow wind rider yesterday to the Indian Springs um endurance ride and she needed somebody to do an LD with her and so I did and um, 
I think this is one of my coolest moments because as long as I've been doing this endurance, um, I've been following my mentor's guidance. I, I watch my speed. As a matter of fact, everybody who knows Cressy knows that she follows everything and takes such good care of her horses and you do the exact speed you're supposed to do at a trot, at a walk, at a canter. So I've, I've never really pushed um, Merlin at all. And um, yesterday I was doing the LD with my friend and she lost her shoe. And she said, do you know what place we're in? And I said, no, I don't know. And she said, well, we're second and third. And she pointed out the person in front of us and we could see her. And she said, that lady's first. If you, if you pass her, you'll get first. And I was like, no way. And she said, yes, go get first. I was like, wait a minute. I came up here to do this with you. I, um, it was like the angel devil being on my shoulder. Do I stay with Michelle? Do I go get first? And if I get first, am I even going to be able to vet in, you know? Um, so I, uh, I, she convinced me. She said, Keisha, I would do it. If it was me, I would do it. So I did. I said, okay, I took off and Merlin just flew. It was amazing. And of course I was freaking out over every single rock and everything. And I was just wanting him to just vet in and do good. I got off at the end and jogged with him just to make sure that we were nice and easy when we come into the vet check. And I vetted in. I felt like I was going to throw up everywhere because I was so scared. And he did perfect. I got to show for best condition. And then the neatest story is my friend Michelle, she lost her shoe. And then I saw two people come in in front of her. And, um, and then I saw Michelle. She was just walking in. And then she came back and she's like, I got third. I was like, what? You got third? And she said, yeah. The two people in front of her thought she wasn't going to be able to vet in, I guess, because she lost her shoes. So they went back to their trailer to detack. She saw them and she went right in and um, took off her tack, vetted in, and got third. And to top it off, we she showed for best condition. We went to go to the ride meeting. She got best condition. So I was so happy because I'm like, man, for it to work out for both of us and for me to run off and leave her like that, oh my gosh, it was the best thing ever. So go win riders, woo! And I uh, can't wait till the next ride. We're kicking butt, taking names, and um, taking care of our horses and just having so much fun and can't wait to do the next one. I hope to meet you guys. I love meeting people at the rides. Uh, again, I'm Keisha Wood. I usually wear really loud, obnoxious clothing, so you'll be able to know who I am. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you guys later. Bye. I wanted to put a plug in there too that I always try to blog my rides. So I'm going to blog it. I'll be posting on the Green Bead page. It is uh, Keisha Wood. It says, don't forget to hold on and um, you'll see them. So I try to tell all my experiences, all about the everything that happened, what I saw on trail. So I hope you enjoy it. Bye. My name is Alice. I am eight years old. I have done three seasons of distance riding. I live in Wisconsin. The weather has been super cold. My horse is an Arabian named Rush Creek Clea. I call her Lollipop. She is 10 years old. We have had her for five years. She loves me and I love her. She is very playful and cute. I ride endurance because my mom does, and I love horses. I like that I can pick how far I want to ride. I like to spend a lot of time riding my horse. My goal for, to reach at the end of the year is to get my horse saddled myself and that I want to do 10 50s and one, at least 175. In 2017, I rode LD. I rode four rides with my mom, who was pregnant. When she got too big, I rode with other sponsors. It was really fun riding with other people. I was second place in the Midwest. Midwest for LD. 
and third for National Junior LD Mileage. I hope to place in the turns this year. I, I want my horse to ride with me for at least 10 more years. And still, my horse is really good with me. In the pasture, she lets everyone boss her around. But when I'm on her, she's a totally different horse. Like, I can say everything good about her. Because she's a really good horse. And I like it when she's a really good horse. And I love her super much. And she loves me so much. Hiya, my name's Ella Bunting. I'm a 20-year-old young rider competing in endurance um, based in Wiltshire in England. Um, where we've recently had some really weird weather. It's varied from a few weekends of snow, which obviously stopped riding for a bit. And then on Sunday, I did my first endurance ride of the season. I did 64k in glorious sunshine. And now today we're back to pouring rain. Um, which if I had to be riding in it, I wouldn't be very impressed. So that's quite lucky. Hopefully we'll be back to sunshine soon. So I've got two horses on loan. I've got Ebba, who I've been riding since I was 13 and she was five. Um, together we've gone from a novice duo to competing in a two star together. And she's amazing. She's always been feisty and a handful, but she there's never a dull moment with her. Um, her downfall would have been her vettings during endurance rides, but she was such a tough cookie. Um, she's, she'd never, never give up on you really. Um, although she's, we've retired her from endurance now due to an illness that she's got. And so last year I got Rocky on loan, um, who's a grey Arab gelding who last year went from open to advanced and we did actually compete a one star together and then hopefully this year we'll get him out doing some two stars. Um, he's a lot more laid back than ever but still really, really good at his job and he's definitely got the attitude for racing now that he's tried one. Um, so I got into horses at a very young age. I started riding when I was about three because both my ho parents were horsey. Um, my parents actually got together because my dad um, was a point-to-point -point jockey and my mum was his groom, so I think it was probably in my blood. I probably couldn't get out of it even if I wanted to. Um, and then I got into endurance at age 13 when Ebba came on the scene because she was actually put on loan to a family friend who lived just down the road from us. And I think the summer before, I'd had to have my little 12-2 pony put down, so I didn't have a pony horse at the moment. And Janet very kindly offered for me to help her train her endurance horses and do some riding with her. And I think me and Ebba just fell in love, really. And Janet did compete her first two 32k novice rides with her, but then I took over and haven't looked back. So I think me and Ebba did six seasons of endurance together. And we, some of the highlights were obviously doing our two-star together and we also travelled over to Ireland with the England squad for the home internationals, which was amazing to see sort of all travelling and teamwork that goes on. Um, and then I took a gap year last year before going to university, where I'm now studying veterinary medicine, to compete in endurance, which is when Rocky came along. Um, and I think endurance got me to stay with it because it's such a tough sport, but everyone, everyone knows how tough it is. So everyone knows how easy it is to get vetted out or to get out of time or whatever, all the different things that can go wrong. And I think horse welfare is always at the, at the very heart of it, whether you're doing a pleasure ride and you're just out to have a nice day, or whether you're up doing sort of two and three star races, or anything, it's always horse welfare that's at the heart of it, and there's always new challenge that you can be looking forward to, whether it's doing a longer distance, or um, 
upping your speed or doing a really tough ride rather than some of the flatter rides there's always something that you can look into doing next or doing better or anything um so yeah i don't think i don't think you can ever say that you've you've completed endurance you're at the top of your game because there's always something that could go better could be improved on or just in general go better for you um and then my goals for this season are to try and get Rocky to do two two-star rides of 120k, um, which would mean he was then qualified for the Young Riders Championships. Um, I've done one with Ebba, so if I can do two two more with Rocky, then I would also be qualified. But I am, as I'm 20, I'm obviously running out of time before I can uh, stay in Young Riders. But to get Rocky qualified would be amazing. And he's already come on a huge amount. And we've only done the one race together so far at Euston Park last year. But that sort of set off some switch in him. And he's now decided that he is a racehorse and he's going to race anything that comes along. Um. Yeah, so that's about it from me, I think. Hi everyone, my name's Carol, but my friends call me Boots. I live in southeastern Wisconsin where we're still waiting for spring, but uh, hopefully the trails are open and we'll be able to get out soon. I've been a distance rider for 10 years with about 2,850 miles of competitive trail limited distance and endurance. under the hoods of my trusty foundation bred quarter horse partner. Um, He and I have been on this journey from the beginning together. We've kind of learned and grown together. um, And I absolutely love being out on the trails with him. Um, I bought partner when he was four year old. He was unbroke, just kind of a little blank slate. I've always loved horses, but I knew nothing about training. Um, With the help of a real horse-savvy friend, Sandy, partner and I began to write our own distance riding story. My son introduced me to one of his co-workers, a gal named Jill Feller. Uh, He told me that she liked horses too, and I should probably get to know her. Well, Jill came over to my house. And uh, I found out that she was the secretary treasurer of the Upper Midwest Endurance and Competitive Rides Association, UMECRA. Um, And she encouraged me to give distance riding a try. So on a cold, wet October morning, I loaded partner and drove down to Palmyra to ride in a 12-mile novice event. My friend Sandy and my loving husband, John, came along just for emotional support. Um, I was a real nervous Nellie. But an experienced rider named Peggy Brush took us out. Um, Partner was really up on the muscle that day. He didn't know what was going on, but boy, he was going to go down that trail as fast as he could. I, of course, was feeling a little ill to my stomach, uh, but Peggy just, she got us through. Trust your horse, she said. Um, I did, and one of my favorite pictures is a partner and me crossing the finish. We were cold, wet, and so very proud of ourselves for our 12-mile accomplishment. Um, everyone has to start somewhere, and that's where we began. These days, we ride uh, limited distance. Um, Most participants in the races that we run don't realize that they're probably the filling of a Wagner sandwich. My husband, John, and his Arab Vigo are usually up front with the hot shoes while partner and I finish toward the back of the pack. In 2017, um, I had the great fortune of having my 11-year-old granddaughter, Madison, ride with us. Uh, She rode Cheyenne, a little half-Arab, who's been around the block in endurance and really knows his stuff. Um, 
they did very well for their first season, slow and steady with grandma. Took her to the top of AERC's uh, National LD Junior Mileage Championship. What a little stinker. Doing it the first year, it's going to take grandma forever. <laughs> so anyway, that's how I got started in distance riding. Um, like I said, the weather hasn't cooperated here this spring, and we're chomping at the bit to get out on trails. I know it's coming. Better get the trailer out and start cleaning that. Hope to see you on the trails. Hi, um, my name is Beck Radney. I am an endurance rider from Australia. I have been based in Perth and Melbourne. I am currently in Melbourne continuing my university studies. My major achievements with endurance for horse riding was competing at the World Youth Endurance Championships last year in Italy, where I placed 50th and was the only Australian competitor to successfully complete the course. Uh, currently, the weather is heading into autumn and winter at the moment, so it's getting a little bit rainy and that just has to be taken into consideration when training the horses, especially if we're riding on roads, just making sure that they don't slip. But it's also really good because a lot of the training tracks that we use are gravel and dirt and the rain helps to ease the concussion. So that's really great. Uh, a bit about my horses. Uh, we breed Arabian horses. Uh, we are part of the West Coast Arabians Endurance Stud, which was founded by my parents some 20, 25 years ago. Uh, all of our horses have such unique personalities. They're all really different, all really playful and funky and just quirky in their own little ways, which we absolutely love. So I got into horses because of my parents. Um, I think I was a member of the Australian Endurance Riders Association when I was two years old. I did my first ride when I was five years old. Uh, since then, I have dabbled in dressage. I have about a 10-time national champion in dressage before I moved solely into endurance a few years ago. Um, yeah, so basically I, I decided to go with endurance as an equestrian discipline because my parents were into it and that was all I knew. I did a, quite a few pony club um, sort of things when I was younger, so I did get to taste all of the joys that uh, the equestrian disciplines have to offer. But yeah, I settled with endurance and dressage. They were my favorites. Uh, my goals for this season. Um, I'm taking it a little bit more easily this, this year. I, um, I'm just focusing on my studies a lot more. I, my major goal was last year competing at the World Youth Championships. So now that I have successfully ticked that off my bucket list, I can take a step back and just focus on one thing at a time. Um, but yeah, we have got a few FEI rides in Australia coming up this year, one in Western Australia, which is amazing. We haven't had one for about seven years in Western Australia. So it's great to see FEI slowly getting a revival in this part of Australia because Australia hasn't got the strongest FEI endurance contingency we are yeah really pushing for numbers so any support and any rise that we get would be absolutely amazing so i hope that gave you a little insight about me and about some endurance riders in australia and yeah i hope you have a lovely day hi again my name is victoria clark from queensland australia this weekend, my team, the Marvel Endurance Riders, um, travelled to the iconic Faraway Easter Endurance Carnival, which is held in Imbal, Queensland. And it's about two and a half hours away from where we are on the coast of Queensland. The Faraway Easter Carnival is an annual event and they host a 320km marathon as well as a 120km mini and at least two 80km rides and an assortment of 40, 20 and 5km rides. It really is a huge effort on the part of the organisers, speaking from experience with the ride I run. It's hard enough putting on one 80km event, let alone multiple ones over several days with hundreds of horses and riders camped through the grounds. The ride is traditionally held at the Imbal Showgrounds, but this year it was hosted at the amazing Stirling's Crossing Equestrian Complex, which is about 7km down the road from the original venue. 
When I say amazing, I mean amazing. From the 20 by 60 meter roofed arena built specially for vetting, to the pristine paddocks with their neatly lined up water points, to the air-conditioned five-star toilet block. Like, it's a dream come true. It's, it's the ultimate endurance complex specially built for our sport. So it also happens to be where the Australian National Endurance Ride, the Tom Quilty Gold Cup, will be hosted in 2019. But I digress. The event this weekend saw about 130 or more nominations across eight events. There were 17 entries in the 320km marathon that takes place over the full four days. The 125km mini marathon is three days long and had 18 entries. One of our horses completed it last year. There were two 80km rides, two 40km rides and a 20 and a 5km ride for the Little East. That's a lot of rides. <laughs> the heat has been horrible lately, but heat itself isn't an issue. The biggest problem was the occasional little spits of rain that we got that made it, the humidity just jump all over the place. And we all know how much humidity can wreak havoc on horses. Here, there were a few unfortunate vet outs because of just how hot it got, which is a real shame because you can do everything right while you're riding. You can manage everything you possibly can but the weather just doesn't want to help you out. There are, however, a large number of successful finishes across all of the rides, which is amazing, especially for the marathon and mini riders. I have to take my hat off to these people. They are an inspiration. I had thought of giving the marathon a go myself this season, but my sights are set on the quilty next year with my plucky little pony. And let's face it, I chickened out. She's a demon, and the thought of riding her 80 kilometers every day for four days scares the bejeebas out of me. Maybe one day, but for now I'm just grateful to be able to see some amazing people that I know <laughs> complete that ride successfully. It's just absolutely amazing. Imble is a really challenging track on a normal day, so it's really inspirational to watch people just gather up the courage and face the mountains with these horses. It's it, it takes me back to the foundations of the sport to watch the companionship between a horse and a rider and to see them struggle and Watch them face it head on and just endure it together and make a dream come true. They really inspire me, the horses, the riders, and that I think that's for a really good reason because they are just so brave. I, I can't imagine doing it right at this moment. I, it just absolutely boggles the mind. The Faraway Endurance Riders Club have been putting on this ride every year for 30 years, more than 30 years, and... I think they can chalk this one up to just another successful ride. They did an amazing job and I'd really like to say congratulations to the ride organisers and to everyone who took part, the volunteers, the vets, the riders, the horses. Whether you vetted through or not, every single rider took care of their horse this weekend, no matter the challenges and the obstacles that came up and that is just the heart of endurance, just watching it all unfold at the carnival this weekend. It just... It really shows what our sport is meant to be at the very foundations and really, really good job, everyone. It's just amazing to watch you all do it. Maybe one day I'll give it a go, but for the moment, I'm quite happy just plugging along happily with my little horse, trying to stay on her. <laughs> so really amazing job, guys. I, I really hope next year is just as good. So good luck. Have a great season, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the ride review. Bye. Good morning, everyone. It's March 31st, and Merlin and I are about to do our first training ride since we come back from the limited distance ride at Indian Springs. Um, I just want to give a quick update. He, When we got home, he was amazing. He went right in um to his uh i'd like to call it a pasture but we don't have any grass because we live in new mexico but it was his pasture area and on my previous podcast i think i told you guys i have a donkey and a baby horse he's a little bit over a year and i have um a little mini horse well merlin went in like he was boss let me tell you he walked in there and he was snorting and shaking his head and showing everybody that he kicked butt this weekend. I don't think I noticed him being tired at all, honestly. He um, was great. And my husband always tells me he's a freak of nature. 
but uh, of course we didn't do a 50. Usually when we do a 50, he is tired. He does come home and do the same thing, but usually the next day he's like, please just stay away from me. As, um, but I wanted to give you an update. I'm at my mentor's house right now. She's at breakfast, but she only lives a couple miles down the road from me. And it's so awesome because all of us wind riders, we get to use her place to park our trailers and she goes out and trains with us. And um, she has been the best thing that has ever happened to all of us. She's helped us all pick out our horses. We all started out with um, a different horse. And then as we started growing, of course we realized what we wanted and what we needed for our own endurance goals. And um, she actually helped me pick out Merlin. I got him from a ranch in Weatherford, Texas uh, called CR Arabians. I completely, 100%, recommend them. I am telling you every single horse there is sweet. You can stand in the middle of 50 horses. They are on, they are on 150 acres and they just are awesome. Nobody kicks, hurts each other, nothing. And when I got Merlin, he was seven and he was out there and he was just fantastic. I, I, um, I, I just couldn't be happier with him. And that's why I went back there to get my baby because I know that's the place to go. But anyways, um, it's beautiful. The birds are chirping and I'm about to go out in the desert. One thing that's great on our trails is that one is we're only a mile from BLM. So I'm going to ride out from here. I'll be able to go straight into uh, BLM and we have everything. We have water crossings, we have creeks, we have uh, just water put, uh, puddles, we have deep, deep sand, we have um, rocks, we have hills, we have mountains, cows, coyotes, anything that you can imagine being in the middle of the desert and um, that's it. We have that out here. Sometimes I feel like I'm Billy the Kid. Um, I usually do not go out and train by myself. It's just uh, different circumstances today because I have to stay on a schedule. But I do love going by myself because I really think it helps both my confidence in Merlin and Merlin's confidence in me. But one of the things as I was tacking him up that I wanted to tell you guys about is um, I always, always wear hoof, uh, I mean split boots. Um, and this is my plug on splint boots and why they're so important. About a year ago, Merlin and I were just doing an easy trail ride with some friends. And we were in this really tall grass. And everybody went, uh, kept walking, and no one saw this T-post. This T-post had been, I, I don't know, cut off or whatever, but it was just right about belly height for a horse. I, of course, was the person who Merlin stepped right over it. And um, I can't tell you, it was one of the worst experiences of my life. I, um, I saw it go underneath him. I felt it hitting him underneath and I thought I killed him. And uh, I just was screaming, I couldn't get off. I was just, I didn't wanna see it. I was just terrified of what I was gonna find. Of course, you know what I, I thought I was gonna find. And uh, my mentor was with me and she said, uh, just get off, it's not what you think, it's not what you think. And so I guess by the grace of God, the T-post only stayed back there in his groin area. And yes, it tore him up pretty good. I had to immediately take him to the vet, but it did not, he never walked forward or backwards. He just stood there. And so it didn't hurt his belly or it do anything bad there. But what it did do is he um, he hit it with his leg really hard when he tried to step away from it. And if I did not have on splint boots, he would be in bad shape. We would not be doing endurance right now. And I have had several times stuff like this has happened where something hits him real hard or something has poked through the boot but not penetrated his skin. And... Um, you know, with your horses, you need their feet, you need their legs. And I, like I told you guys before, I had a horrible situation where um, my national show horse, who I love so much and raised, she ended up having a, a tendon issue. And I wish so much I would have taken better care of her in that area. So that's my plug on that. And um, enough sad stuff. I just want to tell you guys that because it's so important to me. 
and um, I'm going to take off. We're going to go do 20 miles, and I will give you an update on how he feels because this is our first ride back. All right, we finished our training ride, and it was super fun. I'm sure just like anybody, whenever you uh, get finished, it's like, I don't know, I guess this is what they call it, horse therapy, because you just feel so amazing. Well, we did great. Our average speed was 6.2. Um, that's faster than I normally do it. And it's kind of funny because I was telling my mentor that that's really my ride pace goal is 6.2. And um, I have normally been really slow. I, I stay around 5 because I know you can complete that way. And um, But I wanted to up my speed just a little bit, but not too much. And today I left my uh, GPS overall speed in my um, pack on my saddle so that I could um, not look and pay attention because sometimes I worry so much about that when I'm riding and today I just kind of geared how we felt and I let him canter when he wanted to canter and I trotted where it was safe we walked where there was rocks and um, we just we just had a great time we did a thousand foot elevation gain and um, exactly 21 miles we went one mile more than I had planned but it was a great ride we are planning for the Caja ride in Santa Fe to do a 50 so I will be doing a couple more trainings uh, on the weekends because I work during the week and I will be keeping you guys posted thanks so much for following us and cheering us on as we uh, accomplish our goals <laughs> bye Hi everybody, it's Chris again. I have some closing thoughts. Endurance riders, they spend a lot of extra time with their horses and sometimes that really pays off in a big way. I, I know I spend a lot more time with my horse when I'm conditioning him and taking him to a competition than I normally would. So can you tell me a time when you knew um, that that paid off from you, uh, for you, for the time you spent with your horse? Was there a time when you just knew that your horse completely trusted you or um, could completely read you? And it was just a, a great moment for you. I'm going to share a story about how all that extra time had paid off for my husband and his horse Houdini. I had asked Jim to go do a 25 mile ride with me and it, I did not check the ride flyer close enough. It was actually a 35. And I would not have normally asked him to do that because I knew he had a problem with his knee. The story I'm going to tell you is Jim went ahead and did the 35 with me, not because he wanted to do it, but because he knew that I needed the extra security of having him along on our study Appaloosa Houdini so that I could ride Faith along with them. You see, Faith can be pretty brave if she has her friend with her. So Jim rode Houdini so that I could get Faith through this ride. But during that ride, something just went horribly wrong with Jim's leg um, up in his knee, and he couldn't stand a ride. He had to get down and walk for quite a while. So he he did get down, and normally Houdini is very hungry, pulling people into the grass and he walks super fast but not this time Houdini gave up his typical antics and he decided to take care of Jim never once reaching for a blade of grass the horse walked almost in slow motion he walked step for step with Jim letting Jim lean on him and it seemed like he just knew Jim needed him to be a crutch for him and he wouldn't move a foot until Jim moved a foot. We had two other riders riding with us. We had my son Josh and we had a junior rider Ainsley riding with us. Um, I say junior rider. She had more miles than all of us together but those are the rules you know that she had to ride with with somebody older and Josh was older um, and we told them go get your completions just go without us and and they did because we were worried that they were going to be over time and we were pretty sure we were going to be over time Jim wanted me to finish he told me to leave I said no it's 
not as important as being with him. So I stayed with him. He's just, he's just wonderful. So the moral of the story is Jim and I did get our completion. Jim insisted, even though his leg was killing him, he insisted on trotting the horse out himself because he wanted to do the ride start to finish on his own. I have to say, if they were judging Jim on the vet out, he was limping pretty good, and I'm pretty sure he would not have passed his trot out. But the horse did pass just fine. Don't worry about Jim's leg. He That was a few years back. Jim's doing great now, and he's training uh, with me to do another 5K. But the moral of the story is that horse knew that there was something up. And he laid aside his normally naughty behavior, his usual very fast walking. But he laid everything aside and he completely focused on Jim. And it was an amazing thing to see. I think maybe you had to be there to see it and know the horse, but it, but it really was amazing. So that is our story about how that extra time you spend with your endurance horse can pay off. And show you a connection that is above and beyond and I would be watching my mailbox to see if you're going to send a story about a time that a horse really showed themselves to be connected with you or really trusted you and how all those extra hours with your horse is paid off. So this is goodbye for now. This is your host Christina Hike, wife, mom, friend, photographer, and lifelong horsewoman signing off and saying, ride far, ride well, ride often. We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory. To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.